You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. All right. Amen. Somebody once said that when you worship, when you worship, God seeks you. You know, when you're praying, you are seeking God. But when you begin to worship, God himself comes to seek you. So he comes to you when you worship. <laughs> so that's, 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 that's a powerful key. So instead of seeking things, just worship him and he will seek you. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Yes. I want God to seek me out. Don't you want God to seek you out? To seek you out from the crowd? Or do you just want to be a number? No. If you want him to seek you out, then you must be a worshiper. That's why he, he, he um, was able to seek David out. Out of his family, out of an entire nation. We know that he was a worshiper. Correct? He was a worshiper. So when you, when, you, when you live a lifestyle of worship, when you are constantly loving God and pouring out your devotion to him, pouring out your love to him, God begins to seek you out. Begins to seek you out. And that, I think it's, it beats anything. It beats anything. Imagine, Jesus comes into Joburg or into Midran and he comes to your home. He's looking, he, he goes past many houses and then he comes to you. Isn't that going to, it's special, right? Yeah. So God bypasses a lot of people, in case you don't know, just to, just to, just to seek some people. Because it says, the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father. In spirit and in truth. It says, the Father seeketh such. He seeketh such. So he is constantly seeking. And that's why your worship must not be just when we are together. I'm telling you. On your own, just lock yourself in with him. And he'll begin to seek you. <laughs> and of course, God always finds, right? <laughs> if he seeks, he will find. If we can seek and find, how much more God? <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the keys to um, certain things that God wants to do in this day, in these last days, in our. And I believe that the true worshipers, there's a kind of glory they'll carry. It doesn't matter. How anointed you are. You see the anointing. The difference is this. The anointing can be there. And you can operate the anointing. Even when you are not. When you are not in God's will. You can still operate the anointing. If you understand. The principles of the anointing. You can still operate the anointing. Even if you are not in God's will. It's like Saul when he went to. He wanted to arrest David. David was in Ramah, right? David was in Ramah. And Saul goes, he sends people there to go and arrest David. And when they get to Ramah, they, they, they begin to prophesy. So they, at the end of the day, they prophesy so much, they go back and they don't arrest David. He sends another, another set. Same thing happens to them. So Saul himself decided to go. But when Saul got there, his was even worse. Because he stripped himself naked and was prophesying. But he was out of God's will, yet he was prophesying. So, what am I saying? People can flow in the anointing, but still be out of God's will. 
That's just what I'm trying to say. People can flow in the anointing and be out of God's will. But you can never flow in the glory of God if you are out of His will. So when God Himself is coming, seeking you, He's coming in His glory. And that's different. So go for the glory. Go for the face. Hallelujah. Seek His face. Don't seek His anointing. Seek His face. Seek His face. You will seek His face. You will get everything else. And one of the ways you seek His face is in worship. Because when you're in worship, it's an audience of one. Right? You're not worshiping because you want to impress anybody. Correct? Well, at least it shouldn't be like that. If it's like that, then I'm sorry for you. But if you really want to move God, learn to worship Him. And you will move God in a powerful way. And I believe that as a people, God is preparing us to usher in a major manifestation in this land. But we have to be people of worship. We have to be people that seek God. We have to be the generation that seeks God. That's not what I'm talking about today, but I think it just... It's... Um, What's the word? <laughs> Just extra. Free of charge. You don't need to pay for it. Just enjoy it, okay? Amen? <laughs> um, the last time I, we were looking at how God speaks in, in um, visions and dreams, right? We didn't really go into uh, much detail. And as I was praying, I just felt I need to like just give you a little more of understanding in that area, especially as we're praying and seeking God. And we're trusting God for, the, for, for His Spirit to move. And we know from Joel chapter 2 verse 28 when he says that afterward in the last days I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. So I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He says, your, um, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. How many young men do we have here? <laughs> you consider yourself young. Are you old? <laughs> yeah. So... Because this is, this is a product of the manifestation or the move of God. And this is a promise for this dispensation, for this age that we live in. It's important that we understand this. Am I correct? So that we can flow in it. And not only that, so that we can also press in. Because if we understand and we press in and God is going to begin to release His Spirit in ways that maybe you've not experienced before. Or even if you have, there are levels. In, in, in God, there are levels in everything. So, I want to talk with you. I want to take just one aspect of that. We will touch on other aspects. But I want to touch on the aspect of visions. How many people like visions? <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about the aspect of visions because when the Spirit is moving, when there is an outpouring of the Spirit, there are always visions. Visions come. It's, it's just a byproduct. 
It's part of the move of God. And that's why theologians that are not really into the spirit don't touch this aspect. <laughs> why? They don't touch it. Why? Because they don't understand it. And the reason they don't understand it is because they are not being taught by the Spirit. They're not pressing in to the, to the Spirit. And they're not, they're not reading the Scriptures by the Spirit. So if you, there are technical skills to study the Word of God. In other words, you can, there are principles that you can use to, to, um, to interpret the Word even without the Holy Spirit. Okay? So if you, if you go to school, there are ways, there are keys they will give to you. You just apply those keys, you will, get, you will get something out. But there are things that only the Spirit can reveal. There are things that only the Spirit can reveal. So we need both. We need both. So this, this morning I want to share with you on what I call uh, different types of visions. Okay? Different types of visions. So I want to explain to you how they work. And some of you would have experienced some of these things. But maybe you, you've, you've experienced it, but you don't know. You, you don't know where it fits in the scripture. Or you, don't, you can't really explain. You just know, I have this experience. So it's important for you to know where they belong in God's scheme of things. Are you following me? Hallelujah. How many people want that? Or maybe we can talk about prosperity. Yeah, a vision can lead you to places that <laughs> you'll be so blessed. It has helped me greatly in life, I must say. So, some things I'm, I'm going to share with you are based on my personal experience. Some are by experience of others. Okay? So, Joel chapter 2, verse 28, it says, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Okay? It says, Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. So, I would really like to take prophecy and explain it at some point. So that you have a clear understanding. You are well established in that area. And you have a good foundation that you can build upon. Are you getting me? I would also want to take uh, dreams and explain that to you. And give you a foundation that you can build upon as well. But today I want to start with visions. To give you a basic foundation. So it's just, it's just the ABCs. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not advanced level. It's ABCs. I know some of you like advanced stuff. But you need to start from ABCs. Do you like ABC? Not exactly. I, I, you, you. <laughs> Say, oh, pastor, give us the deep stuff. No, no, no. You can't go to X, Y, Z. You have to start from ABC. You have to start from ABC. Sometimes um, there are some people that I've, I have studied very, very much, right? I've studied a man like Kenneth Hagin a lot, a lot um, over the years. And I learned a lot of things about the Spirit from him. Why? Because this was a man that walked with God and had a close relationship with the Holy Spirit. I learned some things from Pastor Sam as well uh, because he had his own personal dealings. He's one of the people that would describe to you what the Holy Spirit looks like because he has met him face to face. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? So there are people 
um, that have worked with God and have experienced God, they've encountered God, they've met Him, and they've learned some things. And I want to say this, that as we keep pressing into God, some of the things that these people experience are, are going to be common to every one of us. Okay? So get ready for that because it's part of your inheritance. It's part of your inheritance. So there are different types of visions. Um, I'll start with the, the, um, the lowest part of type of vision. Years ago, um, I think it was uh, Kenneth Hagin that had a visitation in which Jesus was teaching him some of these principles. So, vision, the lowest kind of vision is what is known as spiritual vision. Somebody say spiritual vision. Okay, spiritual vision. A lot of times when you hear vision, many people think of what they just make up. Right? You just fabricate something. You make a plan. Come on. Yeah, this is my vision for 2017. You write it down. Come on. Yeah, that is... <laughs> yeah, that's not what we're talking about. Right? I'm sure that has a place in life. But definitely, it is not divine. All right? Um, or... <laughs> Well, there could be an element of, of God in it, but it can also be a, a projection of your desires. So not necessarily God's desires, but, you know, it's okay to have desires. Come on. Yes, the Bible says the desire of the righteous shall be granted. So it's okay to have desires. It says, if, uh, if you delight yourself in the Lord... He shall give you the desires of your heart. That's what the psalmist said, isn't it? So there is a place for your desires. Make no mistake about that. But the problem is when your desires become the main thing. And you don't even think about God's desire. There's a problem. So you can have your desire, but of course, when God's desire is made known to you, which one takes preeminence? Please, uh, somebody get coffee. Give, some, give everyone coffee. Let them wake up this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, God is going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, but one of the things that is we're going to see is visions. And spiritual vision is the lowest kind of vision, but it's also, it's, it's supernatural, although it is, it is a low, of a lower cat category. Uh, so a spiritual vision is, um, is a kind of vision where, I'm sure some of you have experienced, you're praying, you're praying, you are aware of what is happening around you, but at the same time, you are seeing something with, like, your inner eyes, or like the eyes of your imagination. But it's so clear, or it's, yeah, so it's clear enough for you to be able to describe, Okay? It's clear enough for you to be able to describe, although it's not the same as when you are opening, looking physically. How many people know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, sometimes people will say, oh, I see this picture. You've, you've experienced that? Yeah. That is a spiritual vision. It's a spiritual vision. And if you, if you are tuned into the Spirit, especially if you pray in the Spirit a lot, you experience that a lot. It increases with your yieldedness to the Spirit. So the more you spend time with God, the more you spend time in prayer, especially in the Spirit, 
the more you spend time in worship, your senses, your ability to see those kind of, those kind of visions increases. It increases. And we need that today. We need that today. I've had that many times, many times. So many times, countless times. And there are times that it happens to me and it's, it's like, I remember years ago, like, um, we were, we, uh, that was when we were in Nigeria. I think it was one Sunday evening. We were just relaxing, sitting down, just had supper, watching TV. And as we were watching TV, I was watching the TV, but at the same time, I just saw someone walking into the house with a gun. Right? I just saw with the eyes of my spirit, someone walking into the house with a gun, right? And pointed the gun at me. I just, uh, I just continued. And we just kept talking, my wife and I. Then <laughs> it's like, I don't know how long after that, it happened exactly. Huh? Some robbers just came into the house. And then they brought out a gun. Lie down, lie down. But I saw it, I just saw it. It was a spiritual vision. Amen? Yeah, it was a spiritual vision. But I was too busy to pay attention to it. But it was real. What should I have done? I should have just at least taken a moment to say, Hey, look, I just saw this. Let's pray. Let's do this. I, I didn't even pay attention to it. And before I knew it, it played out exactly as I saw it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let me sh let's, let's look at scriptures. Let's look at the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, I see that um, Paul, who... Uh, became who was Saul at this time in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, let's look at verse, verse, verse 4. It says, okay, let's read from, from verse, verse 3. It says, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick, to kick against the gods. And so trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And the man who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground and when his eyes were open, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, neither ate nor drank. Hallelujah. <laughs> he was there. So in other words, he had this encounter, right? He has this encounter and he's, he's made physically blind. He's made physically blind, but he can see spiritually, but physically he's blind. So with a spiritual vision, it's not your physical eye seeing. 
It's your spiritual eyes. Do you know that your spirit has eyes? Just like, just like your physical body has eyes, spiritually you have eyes. Just like you have physical ears, spiritually you have ears. Well, you should. Because Jesus said many times, he said, he that has an ear to hear, what? Let him hear. So, in other words, there are people who are not able to hear spiritually. And that's why we dealt with the spirit of slumber the other time, right? The spirit of slumber attacks your vision. It attacks your ability to see. It also attacks your ability to hear. So that you don't see what God is showing and you don't hear what God is saying so that you remain in the dark. But as children of God, we need, we need to um, trust God and we need to believe God and we need to press into God for these things to begin to manifest. We need to see more. Hallelujah. How, how would you feel? Wouldn't you like it when, let's say, you are in the office and then all of a sudden you have a spiritual vision, there's somebody coming and he's trying to do this and then you see, no, 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 this guy has is, is, is got the wrong spirit. Then after some time, he walks in. He's looking so nice, very friendly, everything looks okay, but you've already discerned him by the spirit. And because you've already discerned him by the spirit, you know how to deal with him. You know how to handle him. But you see, today, because Christians are not pressing into God enough, we are just like the unbelievers. So we are left just to our logic and our senses to deal with people, to deal with life. God did not plan for it to be like that. God's plan is that you have, uh, um, you have an edge. Over the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? You should be privy to some privileged information. But these things are all available by the Spirit. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, he says, You have received an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Now, how do you... He says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. Who is the Holy One? The Holy Spirit, right? And he says, you know. Not you are about to. You already know. In other words, your spirit knows all things. But you, you, you need to be able to connect with your spirit. So even when you are confused, it's because you are not in the spirit. Are you getting me? Yeah, so when, when you are in the dark, it's because you are not in the Spirit. You need to get into the Spirit so that you can have access to divine insights. <laughs> okay? So your spiritual eyes can see. You can see. Your eyes can be closed and you'll be seen. Your eyes can, for me, sometimes, a lot of times, even with my eyes open, I can still see with my spirit. But you have to develop that ability. Are you getting me? You have to develop that ability and you, it's as you press into God. The reason why I'm teaching this, I want more faith for this to, to be released. So that you can begin to operate like that. Yeah. So you can be looking and at the same time sing into the Spirit. It's just like... Hearing God. Many people say, oh, when you're praying, you need to pray, talk to God, then you keep quiet, and then listen. It's because you don't understand. You don't understand God's method of communication. You have reduced God to the level of your communication. And that's fine. God will operate at that level if that's where you leave Him. But what I have discovered is, I can be talking and, and hearing at the same time. I can be talking. I don't have to sit down and now say, Okay, Lord, I've spoken. I'm quiet now. 
You talk to me. Ah, it's okay. If that's where you are, he'll meet you there. But they say higher level than that. They say higher level. When I discovered that, I said, well, but because I'll be speaking in tongues, and I'm, as I'm speaking, God is speaking. I'm speaking, he's speaking. And I'm like, so where did this thing come where it says, be still and know? Adam God. Okay, from the Bible, right? But is that the interpretation? A lot of times God speaks to me even when I, while I'm speaking, He's speaking. Because in the spirit, you need to understand spiritual communication is not just limited to words. Yeah, spiritual communication has to do with impressions, it has to do with vision, it has to do with words, it has to do with many things. Yeah? So, and we are spiritual people. God is preparing us to, to, for, for a massive um, operation in this land. So we cannot be ignorant in these areas. And don't allow religion to define your relationship with God. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. What it means is that your spirit knows all things. But for you to connect with the things you don't know naturally, you need to be in the Spirit. Hallelujah. You need to be in the Spirit. So, and the enemy doesn't like you to be in the Spirit. He really wants you to be in the flesh. Why? Because he knows if you remain in the, in the flesh, it's, it's better for him. But when you are spiritually aware... Like now, what I'm teaching you, he doesn't like you knowing these things. More so when you begin to build on it. Amen? Yeah. So, we see here, uh, okay, let's read verse, verses 11 back to Acts chapter 9. So, the Lord said to him, arise and go to, to a street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. So remember, Saul is blind now. And he's there, he's blind, of course. He has been humbled, right? <laughs> he's praying, and Lord... <laughs> What would you have me do? Oh my goodness, what, am I, what have I gotten myself into? I can't see anymore. For three days now, I cannot see. But God is telling Ananias to go to where uh, Saul is, go lay hands on him. It says because he is praying, right? But he has seen in a vision, he has seen you coming to lay hands on him to do what? To receive his sight. But he's blind. So how did he see? Come on. He saw in the spirit. He saw with the eye of his spirit. Although he's blind physically, but spiritually he's seen. So may God grant you spiritual sight. May God grant you abundance of spiritual visions. And let me say this, the, um, this area is something that the occultic people, the enemy has actually really exploited. But Christians, no, 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 that's demonic, that's demonic. Everything spiritual is demonic to many Christians. Can you see how the devil has tactically gotten Christians away from spiritual things so that we can just engage ourselves with intellectual things. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, the, 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 the first, first class of vision is spiritual vision where your, your, your senses are still intact but at the same time, 
in your heart, you are seen. You are seen in your heart. And like I said, this happens to me a lot. And it should happen to you. Because you have the Holy Spirit. Correct? And your spirit is alive to God. And if your spirit is alive to God, you should be able to see these things. The second class of vision, or the second type of vision, is what is known as a trance. Somebody say trance. How many people have heard of that? Yes. But you, you, you notice that a lot of times they associate trances with voodoo, right? <laughs> yes. So it's like the devil is trying to keep that for himself. But Christians don't realize that this is actually a, a, an operation of the Spirit of God. Okay? In a trance, the difference between a spiritual vision and a trance is this. In a spiritual vision, everything is still intact and all of that. But in a trance, your senses are suspended. So in other words, when you are in a trance, you are not aware of your environment. You are not aware of what is happening. How many people have experienced that? Okay, yeah. So you, you, you are not. It's, it's like just for that moment, you lose consciousness of what is happening. But then you are there seeing something. Glory to God. Yes. So let's look at the scripture. You find that this is something... Uh, this is something that happened to Peter. Remember Peter and Cornelius? It happened to him in Acts chapter 10. Uh, for the sake of time, we'll just read verse from, uh, verses 9 and 10. Okay, it says, The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour, right? Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. While they, were, while they made ready, he fell into a what? A trance. Was that demonic? He fell into a trance. And look at what it says, verse 11. And he saw heaven open and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. And in it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And the voice came to him. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord. <laughs> what a contradiction. The Lord is speaking and you said, no. Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or uncommon. And the voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. And this was done three times. And the object was taken up into heaven again. This is a trance. So, it's almost as if he's asleep, but he's not asleep. He's, he's wide awake, but his senses are suspended. This was, um, this was one of the ways that God spoke to me when I prayed and I sought his face about marriage. And I was going to propose to someone else. Okay? I was going to propose to someone else, and while I was praying, I'll never forget, I was on my knees praying, Rounding up my fast. And while I was on my knees praying, I just got into this trance. And I saw myself. I saw myself going to the place where I was supposed to meet this lady. Uh, she was going to be a part of a meeting in, 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 in church. And I was going there to meet her. So I saw myself. I was no longer in my room, in my lounge. Although physically I was there, but then I lost sense of that. I saw myself going into that 
uh, into that meeting, and I asked for her. I said, where is she? And I looked, looked, looked. She wasn't there. And I said, but uh, where is this person? Then the voice came to me and says, no, not that one. And then the, a hand presented someone else to me and said, no, not that one. Take this one. And I said, no, this is not the one I came for. I'm looking for, and I called the name. And she said, no, take this one. Then the vision ended. And I said, oh, my God. Okay, Lord, what are you saying? <laughs> it was clear, right? Very clear. And then two weeks later, I met my wife. Hallelujah. So, it, yeah. So, the more we press into the things of God, I expect these things to happen to you. Hallelujah. I expect it to happen to you, especially at crucial moments. Crucial moments. One of the things I've discovered in my life is that every major decision, without exception, in fact, I can't remember if there's anything different. Every major decision in my life has been either product of a vision, an audible voice, or the Spirit speaking to me somehow. Right? Why? Because I make it a priority to always seek Him. I make it a priority to pray. I don't just do things because it's a good idea. Alright? Especially when it's major decisions. Major uh, matters in life. No, I don't do that. I know there's somebody in charge of my life. Are you getting me? Yeah. So, trances are going to increase in our day. And so, don't associate it with demons. It's not demonic activity. It's spiritual activity. If, if it were demonic, Peter will not experience it. But what has happened is that the devil has tried to hijack it. So that he can keep it for himself. Lying devil. We're going to get it back. I say we will get it back. Yeah, we will get spiritual visions and we will get trances. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can just be driving like that and then boom. In a split second, you, you find yourself in a trance. Then you're back again. It can happen anywhere at any time. That's the point. So it doesn't need, you, you don't have to be in a church environment where, you, no, no, no. It can happen anytime. You can be walking on the street and boom, you, you just, within a second, it just shows you so much. And the thing about spiritual communication is that it doesn't need long period of time. Within a second, God can download volumes. Volumes to you. And then it will take you months to explain. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. So don't let your, limit, your, your mind limit you. Okay? Yeah. So the, the third vision, time is going. Let's, 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 let's talk about the third vision. The third vision, the third kind of vision is what is known as open vision. Somebody say open vision. Come on, say it like you're awake. Yeah, open vision. Open vision is the kind of vision where your eyes are open, you are looking, but at the same time you are seeing into the Spirit. So in other words, you are looking, you are seeing people, but you are seeing angels at the same time. It's coming. Yeah. How many people know what I'm talking about? You've experienced that? Anybody? Yeah. That's right. Now, I know my wife, she's, she's into lots of visions. <laughs> so always flowing in that realm. And sometimes, sometimes that is also linked to your calling, right? The, 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 the kind of ministry you're calling to can also enhance that. So if you're calling to a particular um, particular office, there are some of these things that will be more regular with you, especially people that are prophetic. People that are prophetic tend to experience open visions more, right? More than others. And that's fine. But the point is that it's available. 
Once the Spirit is poured out, that's why I say to people, don't limit yourself. Just be so full of the Spirit that if God needs a prophet, you are available. Okay? If he needs an evangelist, you are available. Don't say, oh, no, well, uh, I'm, just, you know, I'm just a disciple. Yes, we're all disciples. But if God needs a mouthpiece, if he needs someone to, 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 to operate in that dimension, and you are there, you are available, he will flow through you. But there are some people that that will be a common thing in their lives by reason of their calling and grace, the grace of God upon their lives. Remember the case of Elisha and, and his, his servant. When the Syrians came, right? The Syrian army came to besiege them. And he was saying, Alas, Master, we are finished. <laughs> we are finished, Lord, Master. <laughs> Look, Elisha said to him, they that are with us are more than those that are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes. Open the eyes of this young man. And so this young man, he's looking at the armies of Syria, but then he's seeing angels. So many, they feel the... the um, they, even right to the mountaintop, he saw angels. <laughs> From that time, faith, <laughs> faith kicked up. Huh? Look at look at what Elisha prayed. Second Kings chapter six verse seventeen. He says, "And Elisha prayed, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Okay, open his eyes that he may see." Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So he was looking, um, he was looking physically, but at the same time he was seeing in the spirit. So that's an operation of the spirit. That's an open vision. That's an open vision. We need more open visions. So if you have like an open vision, a lot of times operates with the gift of discerning of spirits. All right? It operates with the gift of discerning of spirits. The word, the discerning of spirit, many people say they are discerning, but actually they are suspecting. Yeah. Because the, the gift of discerning of spirit has to do with seeing. Yeah. So in the Greek, that's what it means. It means to see. So you can't say, oh, I discern this person. Huh. No, 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 no. You're just suspecting him. It's, it's okay to suspect, but don't use that word. Just say, I suspect. Okay? But discerning of spirits. It, now, I don't know if I should delve into discernment. Okay, let me just let me just say this. Just headlines, okay? This, there is general discernment which every believer should have. Okay? Which as you grow in the spirit, your senses are being exercised. You are able to discern between good and evil. So that's general discernment. But the gift of discerning of spirit always has to do with seeing. So, with the gift of the show of spirit, you can see somebody's spirit. You can see angels. You can see demons. So, you see. What happened here to this young man? There was a gift of discerning of spirits operating. So, he was looking, looking, seeing. He could see the army, but then, oof. <laughs> Chariots of fire. Who is going to joke with fire? You can't fight fire. How do you fight fire? Especially fire that is not physical. What do you use? There's no extinguisher. Amen? So, that built a lot of faith into him. 
And a lot of times, the reason why many of God's children panic so much, they are so, so depressed, they cannot, they cannot move forward, they are, so, uh, uh, they are so weakened by life, is because some of these things are not in operation. Yeah. A lot of times when I feel discouraged, and I'm just before God, or somehow, I just see something. Whew, faith comes into me. Hallelujah. Faith comes into me. And I'm just, I don't care what is happening. I just know because God has shown me. So my faith is built on the power of God. So I don't base it on circumstances. So many people, they, they're just living by... By sight, they're living by just natural, uh, by circumstances, just, just logic. And, and it's okay. But no, you are limited. And it's not sinful, but you're missing out. Because there's a whole world out there that you are missing out on. And so that's why I want us to, to believe God. I want us to press into God so that these dimensions are open to us. On a consistent basis. Hallelujah. You like that? You believe God for that? Can we pray for that? Let's trust God. Let's trust God. Because he says, in the last days, he will pour out his spirit. And one of the things is visions. And you see there that visions is in plural. Because there are different types of visions. Amen? Amen? There's another one in the book of Daniel that Daniel calls the night vision. The night vision, many people agree that it is also dreams. So we will talk about that when we deal with dreams. Amen? So why don't we just pray this morning? Let's pray for an outpouring. And say, Lord God, pour out your spirit. Let there be lots of visions in our midst. Hallelujah. I want people to be in the service and then boom, they are before God. They are in heaven at the same time. It, it takes the, the, the visions. It takes visions for us to experience that. When you'll be worshiping God and then you just see Him, you see Jesus come in and, and, and He will touch you, He will talk to you. I'm telling you, it's real and it's coming. And we need to believe for that. We need to trust for God. God for that. We need to expect that. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.